6 a.m. run members, family, Yuli podcast listeners as we dive into this venture. Tommy here and, and excited to get into We're almost in our 20th episode that we're recording. I know you guys haven't had all 20 published yet. Obviously, we're editing and we're really excited diving into this podcast world. Yesterday, uh, just to give you some context on when some of these are recorded, was International Women's Day. We had a, a recording yesterday with a guest that you'll see very shortly as we publish her. I'm following that up with a fellow woman as a dad of two women. I'm uh, I'm just constantly surrounded, I feel like, by women, but it's good, right? It, it strengthens me. But let me not waste any time. Dr. Amy Duffy is with us today. And we just, in our pre-call, I told you exactly why I wanted you on our show, but no one will give, I feel like, a better intro or bio about a person than themselves. So Dr. Duffy, do you mind introducing yourselves and you saying why I, I was drawn to your site, your information, and some of the things that we just talked about in the pre-call that we're going to maybe just discuss over the next you know, 30, 45, maybe an hour-long uh, conversation we're about to have. Yeah, absolutely. I am Dr. Amy Duffy. I am author of the number one best-selling book, Normal Doesn't Have Side Effects. And I think that's I love that title, but it really embodies what I do. I am a uh, integrative functional medicine practitioner. My background is in family practice, traditional medical doctor. And what I found maybe about five years or so after residency is, is starting to recognize that our traditional approach of just finding a medication to band-aid a symptom. So we were talking some about fatigue earlier. And, you know, I think one of the biggest frustrations for people, patients who come to me with the with the complaint of fatigue is traditional medicine doesn't really have a good answer for that. They might do some blood work, you know, check your thyroid, something like that, but there's no, you know, everything's normal and there really isn't a good conversation or tools that people can have in that traditional medical world. So I really started digging deeper and finding there was this world of what we call functional medicine that really starts to dig a little bit deeper into the root cause of why you may have the symptom that you have. And so when we're talking, you know, about any topic, really, when I have patients coming in, it's, you know, fatigue, aches and pains. We were talking about, you know, as you get into those mid 30s, 40s, especially if you're a runner, you're getting up off the couch, or if you sit in the car too long, it's like takes a minute to kind of get things moving. Is that normal? And we all kind of expect that to be accepted, I guess, for lack of a better word. That's, you know, oh, this is what happens when you get older. And really, it doesn't have to be that way. We can dig a little bit deeper. Where Where is the stress in your system coming from that's creating the pain or that's creating the fatigue, the inability to sleep? What's happening there? So that's really what my focus is. And Obviously, you know, I see patients in my office, but one of my bigger passions is letting the world know that this type of medicine exists. Mm -hmm. I have a fabulous patient who was diagnosed with myasthenia gravis, which is a severe autoimmune disease that affects your muscles. It's kind of like ALS in a way, but it's it's one of those where the muscles get weaker and weaker and weaker. And basically the end result is you don't have the muscles to help you breathe. And so, you know, you end up passing and she was very close to that. She couldn't hold her head up. She ended up having a hiring a nurse just to come to her house to make sure that she could uh, wake up in the morning to make sure wow. somebody was checking on her. I mean, she was really desperate. And when I first met her, we started talking about some of the things we're going to do. But I said, well, how did you find us? And literally, she described that a neighbor passed by um, as she was out checking her mail one day and asked her about how she was feeling. And, and they shared a conversation. The neighbor's like, you know, you should go see Dr. Duffy. And she said, well, who is that? I didn't, I didn't know. I don't know who that is. And she lives like I could walk to her house from my office. She lives literally two blocks away from where our office is. And now this is a year later. She feels amazing. She She's off six of her medications. One was a chronic steroid. All of these things weren't working. She was debilitated. She was declining really rapidly. And now she's able to walk her dog. She never saw her grandson, who is two now, lived out of state, and she was not capable of traveling to go see them. So, you know, she's living a great life now. And all of this because she was, you know, somebody told her about me. But again, she's right there in my own backyard. And that story just resonates with me to every time I get on something like this, every time I'm sharing something on social media, it's like people need to know that this type of practice and this type of healthcare 
not sick care, but health care exists so that, you know, it may not be me that is the doctor that sees that person. I would love to be that person. But, you know, if you're on the other side of the country and you now know what functional or integrative medicine is, a little bit anyway, you can go search for it and maybe find somebody in your area that can help you. So, you know, I want to touch not just one-to-one with the patients that are in my practice, but one-to-many, one-to-infinite, the more I can get the word out that there's a different way to get your body back to health. That's really what we do. Yeah. And it's not funny. It's a good thing that, you know, things like the pandemic, things like Zoom, these podcasts, you know, this is our first year. 2022 is our first year of doing podcast episodes and platforms and, you know, us having a lot of runners and things like that in, in our community. So I'm, I'm excited that, you know, hopefully this message will help some people. And we, we talked and we'll, we'll get into them contacting you or looking up this stuff at more. Let me ask you this, though. You bring up a good point. One of my real core values, and really it's funny, our company started in 2018, and this was a core value even before the pandemic hit in 2020. But my personal core value that also is a company core value has always been, listen, you cannot have any other success in life. And when I say success, it is professional, but also marital, dating, uh, relationship with your kids or your family. Again, professional relationships with your coworkers, friendships, you know, with any anything that you need to have a success in or a victory in. I personally believe you can't do that unless you physically take care of your, your health, right? Absolutely. Yeah. But you bring up a different point. You gotta take care of your health health, right? So do you think, and, and tell me about that client real quick, were they not physically active? Were they a little bit more on the side of not working out? I feel when I was 21, and I know this is a long-winded question, but bear with me. When I was 21, I felt invincible, right? I just, I did. I would go on any roller coaster. I would do anything. And I, I had no fear almost when I was like 21. I'm 42 now. And the same roller coaster that 21-year-old Hami would just jump on and wait in line for an hour. Now I'm like, eh, waiting an hour to get scared. I'm good. I'm going to walk this way. You guys, I tell my kids, you guys go on it. I'll wait for you. I'm, I'm grabbing a pizza, right? But, and, and again, I'm long-winded here. Did that person not take care of health before on the back end, maybe? Did they ignore health? Was there a situation you maybe feel like they could have avoided where they got to in, in that area where they needed it? I mean, you know, because that's where I just, I really feel like, you know, it's never too late, even if you have no symptoms of sickness or anything. But uh, let's say you don't do any physical fitness. You got to just add that aspect into your life, even if you're not sick or not well. Well, interesting for her. I think if you asked her, and on my website, I actually have a testimonial from her. So she shares her story, which is great. But if you ask her, she would say she thought she was pretty healthy. Now, I don't know that she was a 6 a.m. runner or, you know, hitting CrossFit or whatever, but she um, she has a dog. She hikes and walks and always thought she was doing the right thing and eating healthy and taking some supplements that she would have researched on her own. Very smart lady. She was a professor at Clemson University here. So this was what was so frustrating for her, I think, is that her whole thing started with double vision. And, you know, she didn't really have a whole lot of symptoms or anything. She's going to the, you know, the eye doctor who initially told her she just needed to have cataract surgery. And it was something about that. She just said, I don't know, you know, if if I'm ready for that or if I'm at that age. And she sought out a second opinion. And that doctor is the one who suggested that she have some other disorder going on. And she followed up with some lab tests and things like that. So it was an initial symptom that wasn't really obvious and sort of progressed throughout the next two years. And and she ended up actually having a heart attack, not the kind of heart attack where you have blockages like plaque formation from, you know, cholesterol and things like that. But women particularly, and in this situation for her, it was more of a stress heart attack where the muscles were spasming, they weren't doing what they were supposed to do, and therefore blood flow didn't get to the heart. So, you know, her case is a little different in that she otherwise thought she was fairly healthy. And I think that's where her biggest frustration came from is that she had this diagnosis, she would go to the neurologist, the rheumatologist, the oncologist, I mean, she was in every specialist, and nobody could really give her a reason why. Or really, you know, basically, the, the goal for her treatment was to minimize her symptoms and to slow the progression, but it really was, you know, a a horrible prognosis. And she said one time she went to the neurologist and there 
the nurse sat down with her and started talking about what to expect with, if you can't breathe, you know, this is what's going to happen. And that's, you know, you might want to have somebody there, you know, so they can help you that kind of thing. So, I mean, she was just so frustrated with that was the approach was let us help you prepare to die instead of searching for why. And we can get into autoimmune disease. We know that's in abundance, if you want to call it a pandemic, an epidemic, whatever, where is this all coming from? And and a lot of the work that I do, whether we're talking about something as severe as her issues or, again, fatigue, inflammation, joint pain, where is that inflammation coming from? And we're learning more and more that it's our gut and addressing imbalances in the gut. And I find this more and more, she had zero GI symptoms. You know, she didn't come to me saying, I've got loose bowels or I'm constipated or, um, you know, stomach pain or indigestion or anything like that. There were no symptoms there. However, when we dug deeper and started testing her gut with, is there imbalances? Is there inflammation? Are there foods that are creating more stress on her system? That's really where the magic was for her. She was able to know what foods, you know, were right for her and what foods were wrong and started to reduce that stress on her body. And then we went through with, you know, what we call supplements or nutraceuticals is another word for that. This is, you know, nutrition packed into, you know, a very powerful supplement that can help the body to heal, to reduce inflammation. So that's really, you know, for her, it was more about the understanding of the why, what's going on internally in her body as an otherwise healthy person. Yeah. And you can extrapolate that to, you know, people who aren't moving, you know, and maybe, this happened to them, maybe it wasn't an autoimmune disease, but what happens is people start feeling bad, right? So they maybe were resilient at 20 and 30. And then, you know, slowly over time, it's not a one time thing, you know, all of a sudden, I have this symptom, but, you know, I get more tired, I'm hurting a little bit more, I seem to have longer to recover when I do go for that run, or I I go to the gym, and it's like, oh, you know, I'm sore for three days after that. And some of us that are hardcore, you know, athletes are like, yeah, I want, you know, I must have had a good workout, I'm sore, but other people like that's debilitating for them, they can't, it takes them two or three days to recover from some type of exercise like that. And they just don't have the bandwidth in their, in their stressful lives with work and kids and family and whatnot to be able to handle and, and it really goes back to the caveman days. You know, our bodies are built to survive. And if there is a threat to that survival, you know, you're going to go out of your cave, you know, which is your home and out into the world. And if there's any sense that you're not going to be able to run from that tiger, it's like, stay in the cave, you know, don't go out there and go, you know, go running around or put yourself out into an exposed environment where stress could happen or a threat could happen. So our brains are kind of smart from that perspective and they know, and our body starts to know, you know, something's not quite right. So we should start to hibernate and it keeps us from getting out there and, and pushing ourselves to do that workout. Or, you know, some people, they get to the point where they don't even want to socialize anymore because it's just too overwhelming. They find themselves sticking at home. Yeah. It can, it seems like it can have a real big psychological effect. I mean, that's the thing that I think to me, right? Like, again, it can be depressing of sorts, right? Like, you know, cause you, Absolutely. you literally, you can wake up one day and you're not the same person. It, it, it's very, I get it. And I think that we live in a high anxiety world. I think, especially when you see like on social media, everyone else potentially like so happier and, and free. And, you know, then you look at yourself and you're like, oh my God. And, you know, obviously the stresses of, of just everything, right? Like there's, there's just so much more stress. I feel like, let me ask you that. Do you think some of the stuff you see is caused by anxiety at all? Oh, yeah. Let me ask you this. As, as a doctor, I always wondered, is it a wives' tale? Like, does stress give you ulcers? Like, remember, like, when we were, like, I'm 42. When I was growing yeah. up, the big thing was, don't stress out. You'll get, like, an ulcer. Like, <laughs> people, I think, say that stuff. Is, it, is there yeah. fact to any of that? You know, there's probably some studies that say what are, what are risk factors when people get ulcers and, you know, they can find you know, that classic CEO of a company is, you know, constantly popping the Tums or something like that. You kind of have that vision in your head. So again, where is that stress coming from? And yes, what I talk to people about all the time is that we have this outside world of stress. And I think like you're saying, I mean, our lives are so much more different even than, you know, we were younger. I felt like I was active. I played a lot of sports. I was in the band and things like that, but I don't remember just being like never home you know, and always it seemed like I was home for dinner, 
I was home at bedtime. And nowadays, I just feel like, yeah, even for my kids, our lives are so full. I want them to be active. We were talking about our kids playing basketball. and But sometimes those basketball games start at eight o'clock at night, you know, for a 12-year-old. And, you know, that's affecting dinner time. You get rushed home and eat so that they're not, you know, playing on a full stomach kind of thing. So it affects bedtime. When are they getting their homework done, depending on what age group they're in. And, you know, everybody's a little bit different. For me, I find that that interferes with my ability to find time to exercise for my own personal self. But also I've got four kids. So if I'm off taking one to a basketball game, the other ones are either coming with us. So they're all up late and disrupted and or I'm not home and they're, you know, we got a babysitter or something and life is just different. So yeah, our outside lives are overwhelmingly stressful. And I say all the time, like, I can't take your stress away. You know, that's not my job. I, you know, I can certainly give you advice on different ways that we can manage time better. You know, I was thinking about when you were saying the roller coaster ride thing, it's like, I think we start to become a little bit more frugal about our time. So is that hour long in the way in the line to wait for that, you know, two minute ride, you know, you're trying to balance, you know, is it worth it? Not so much. Do I care whether that fun is happening or not? It's still fun. You know, once you got on there, it was going to be fun. But I think we start to find, you know, that little bit of excitement is not worth my hour long, you know, waste, if you want to call it that. Twofold. One, I think the time, of course, I think you realize as you get older. And here's what I was going to say. It's that time is more valuable. But unfortunately, as I get older, I realize, like at 42 right now, I realize, oh my God, I'm in the second half. If God willing, knock on wood, if my age, if my life expectancy is 80, think about it. I'm technically in the second half of life, right? I've Now my first half of life is technically over. It's crazy <laughs> to say that out loud, yeah. but you think it, right? Yeah. So it becomes, yes, so time is more important. Like I, now I don't want to waste time on things. You talk about kids. You know, like it's crazy. I have two. You, I commend you for four. I always, with my older one, I'm dragging the little one either with us or I have to leave for a weekend and I leave the little one. Yeah. And I'm kind of like, it makes me feel bad because I'm like, oh man, that doesn't, you don't love a kid more than another one. You know what I mean? But it's yeah. like, obviously, you have to prioritize which kids thing is more important at that time. Right. Right. You know, we were talking on the pre-call. It's funny. Both of us have kids that are in basketball playoffs right now. So it was kind of like, all right, well, the little one, you know, we just here in Delaware, I'm just going to, you know, cause we're talking about health here in Delaware. And again, a lot of people know I try to avoid this subject, but we'll talk about it here in Delaware. Masks are now like gone pretty much like in schools, even So if my six-year-old has no masks and my high school 14 year old, but my 14 year old has playoffs. So I'm kind of like, it's funny in our house. I'm like, keep the little one away from the older one, right? Yeah, yeah. Just because last thing I want is the older one get tested and have to miss her play. It's, it's just, I don't think people, and, and that's mine, right? And I'm, I'm kind of venting my personal stress, but, but that just- Yeah, but it's there. It's there, right? And, and yeah, I love what you just said. As a doctor, you can't, you can't take what I just expressed that we're going through. You can't take that away, but obviously you want to make people feel better. So let me, let me ask you too, what are some- without blood work and without, obviously, I'm sure you do a lot of that stuff too, and you can examine that. And that has a lot of things that you need to see. I I think blood work from all my understanding of my 42 years, there's so much I know doctors and nurse practitioners and people can see from blood work. What else can you usually see in just speaking to clients that maybe they can, as if they're listening to this podcast, they can be like, oh my God, these are signs that I need to go get treatment. And, and let me, you know this world too. I love that you were talking about runners and even walking. Runners, again, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry for being a little long-winded here, but runners, for example, and I'm, I'm one of them, if my leg hurts and I'm starting to run, I have to run seven days a week. If my leg just hurts a little bit, I'm like, F it, I'm going, Yeah. right? Yeah. I maybe should run that day, but I have to both for mental clarity and because it's just, I'm wired that way. Right Now, probably days I shouldn't run, but you know, what I love about this podcast and talking to some personal trainers, some nutritionists, I'm trying to figure out times that I should really tell myself, this is a day off day, homie, stop. Yeah. What are, now back to your stuff in, in, in terms of what you see with your clients. What are some signs? I, I know I, I used running to relate to it. What are some things you see where you're like, okay, these are signs where you need to, if and if not me, come get medical attention? Well, that's a great question. And I think, you know, I'm going to go back to kind of what I was talking about, the survival and stress and sort of wanting to hibernate. And so those can be less obvious signs um, where you just start to notice, you know, I'm more tired. 
And we, we're really good, just like you said, I mean, we're really good at kind of ignoring things. So it's like, oh, you know, my leg hurts a little bit, but it's not that bad. I can push through it. And by the time you finish your run, you forget that it even hurt in the first place. And again, in this stressful life, you know, most people until they get really, really severe in their state, whatever that might be, they're getting up in the morning, they're pushing through it. You know, I was talking to a, a patient yesterday about, you know, she said, you know, wake up in the morning, the alarm goes off and, and you start having the conversation in your head. What's going to happen today? Do I really need to take a shower? Can I skip the shower? How <laughs> hurried do I need to be in the morning? And, and, you know, we all kind of, we joke about that, but that's, it happens all the time, right? Like how many snoozes can I get? And we start finding things like, oh, I don't, you know, I'm too tired to get up and do what I normally do for my, my morning routine, or I'm too tired. You know, we get stuck in this vicious cycle. We know that exercise is really important, right? But then when we get too tired, we're not exercising. And the more exercise you have, the more energy you can have a lot of run, you know, that's what you're saying. Like my mental health is better. And and I actually have more energy after running or exercising where as we start to get that fatigue and you start going, oh, maybe I'm going to skip today or I'm going to, you know, and it's very easy to get out of that habit of regular exercise, regular eating, right? So you start to notice little things like I'm not motivated to exercise. I'm not motivated to eat, right? Uh, It's a quick, I don't feel like cooking dinner today. We're going to order pizza or let me pick up drive-through on the way home. And, you know, maybe that was once a month and now it's becoming once a week and maybe even more frequent than that. And these are all those little signs. I'm not sleeping well. I used to be able to hit the pillow, pass out, and I would wake up to my alarm. And now I'm finding I'm laying in bed and my brain is kind of spinning a little bit or, you know, I'm waking up three or four in the morning and having a long time getting back to sleep. And again, we rationalize in our head is that's just life that's normal or that's, you know, that's my stress where I am right now. And we let it kind of get away from us to the point where it can start to really develop into something that's more concerning. So, you know, I think being aware of and I don't want this message to stress people out too, because if they're already in that place, it's like, oh my God, I, you know, I got to get up and exercise and I'm too tired. Sometimes I actually will tell people exercise is not right for you right now. You know, again, yeah. if your body's in this state of I'm stressed out and I'm all in survival mode, and then you're forcing it to go out, out into the world, and that's just going to be more stressful. So, you know, depending on where the person is, and I'm doing some testing with cortisol testing and things like that, so I can see where they are, which that advice comes, you know, from a more objective place. But sometimes I'll say, you know, if you're exhausted, and your body can't do this, then let's start working on some things that are causing stress on the inside. Again, going back to gut health, going back to nutritional deficiencies. You know, I think our diet is just awful, you know, so that's affecting our gut, that's affecting our vitamins. Even if you're really trying hard to eat vegetables, you you think about where are they coming from, the greenhouses, you know, the soil doesn't have the nutrition it had 20, 30 years ago, because it's just being overused. And, you know, we're getting some veggies, but they're not the bright colors that they used to be. So trying to, one, find organic if you can, but two, local, you know, if you can find, especially as we're getting into the spring and summer, those Mm -hmm. Why can't I think of the word right now? But <laughs> where you can go, um, yeah, local veggies and and local. I know I'm going off on tangents, but you know I'm seeing so many um, nutritional deficiencies in omegas, particularly. You know, omega threes are are vital for our health, for our brain, for our for our muscles, our joints. They're anti-inflammatory. They make everything do what they're supposed to do. And I test that in my patients and find deficiencies all the time. So that's hard to kind of figure out for you if that's what you need. But I can almost guarantee you, unless you're eating a can of sardines every day, you don't have enough omegas in your diet. And, you know, that's an easy place to start. But I see vitamin D deficiency, B12, you know, I'm just going on and on and on. But, you know, really being able to connect with, you know, if you don't feel right, if you don't feel normal, let's get out of trying to rationalize that and, and say, oh, well, that's just because I'm in, I've, you know... I have four kids and a busy business or whatever. Yes, that absolutely can be part of that. But you also see people who have four kids and a busy life who still, you know, get up ready to go in the morning and, you know, get regular exercise and have the time. 
you know, it's tricky. It's not the easiest thing in the world to find the time to cook food and and whatnot, but you want to feel good. You know, when you feel good, the momentum is there. You want to continue to feel good. When you start to feel bad, that momentum goes in the wrong direction and you continue to feel bad. So here's the crazy part. And please let me finish because I don't want this to come off in a wrong way because even for ourselves, what people need, what I've discovered, I'll give you a perfect example, not even your field or my field, personal trainers, okay? Everything I've ever seen, I've never in my life hired a personal trainer. I have not. Now, everything I've seen a personal trainer do is available for free on YouTube, Mm -hmm. okay? That's a fact. Now, where I believe personal trainers are important, they motivate, they hype their client, they tell their client, you can do this. A personal trainer is not doing anything that they're, they they don't have degrees. And I'm, I'm not discrediting but they are amazing people person. They are, it's a knack. Not everyone can be a great personal trainer. You you know what I mean? So don't get me wrong when I say it's not like a degree thing. It's either in you or not, right? Now, what you do, sometimes people just need to hear you say it's okay, especially with your degree backing you up with us. I know our amino acids work. I know our green tea is the best caffeine that someone can take, right? But sometimes people need, and my wife and I talk about it, 6 a.m. run is not a placebo at all. Let me make that clear. But sometimes what I love is when people say, I got the new flavor. I'm so excited to go run tomorrow and try the new flavor 6 a.m. run product. That kind of encourages them, right? So when you say, listen, I'm not, I don't like getting out of bed every day at 5.30. I'd be lying to you if I told you I like it right? But I'm motivated to do it. I'm, I give the effort. And I think what you're saying too, is sometimes your clients want to find that help. They want to find answers. They come to you because you've put in the time and effort and work to study what they need. I'm sure there's clients that don't need you. And you probably say you don't need me right now, but just them seeing you was enough to get them out the door and, and make some change. Sorry. I mean, I, I think you get what I'm, I'm, I'm kind of yeah. going at with that, but it's like, well, I think the coaching Yeah. What you're talking about is coaching, really, you know, whether it's a trainer, whether it's a nutritionist, I mean, the same thing, you can find information like an anti-inflammatory diet. If you think you have inflammation, you know, you can find that on the website and lot, you know, recipes and menus and all kinds of stuff out there, whether we're talking about nutrition, whether we're talking about, like you said, you can do a YouTube video on, on a workout that you can do at home. Did a lot of that over over COVID when you couldn't get out yeah. and go to the gym and whatnot. You know, lots of YouTube uh, home workouts. But I think what you're honing in on a little bit is that there's motivation, there's accountability. You know, it, it's hard, especially when you don't feel good and you're not personally motivated, that you need a little bit of accountability to keep you going. And I think, you know, for me, I have hired way back when I was in medical school and I was finding I wasn't getting the exercise that I needed with the time I was putting into school and I did hire a personal trainer. They had a, they had a discount um, for us at the, at the gym. So that was motivating too. But um, when I found that I was, you know, going two or three times a week and, and scheduling an appointment and it's hard, you know, a lot of times you say, well, well, you know, you got a phone, you got a calendar, schedule an appointment on your calendar for yourself. But, you know, if you're not accountable to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's hard. And, we need to create new habits. Your body will do exactly what you ask it to do. So if you're asking it to sit on the couch and do nothing, it's going to be happy to do that. And it will create that new habit. And if you're stuck there, you've got to do something that's going to get you motivated to create that new habit of yeah. getting up and moving. And so whether that's getting a personal trainer, whether that's having a coach, you know, one of the most important things I think that we do is not about the health and the the nitty gritty of the testing and whatnot, but it's having what we call mentorship. I have a health coach. We meet weekly with our patients to find out, hey, what's going on this week? What are what are some goals we can do? And if it's somebody who I'm telling them, you know, maybe right now exercise is not your number one thing. We need to get you feeling better first. But as we get a couple weeks into it, it's like, okay, let's pick a day this week that we can find 10 minutes to do something, whether that's a, again, a YouTube video for yoga, whatnot. And inevitably patients will come to me later in our, in our process and tell me they joined the gym or they, you know, they got that trainer or they're working out more on their own. They're starting to do, I had a patient yesterday, her goal is to run another half marathon. She's done it previously in her life, but she's like, there's no way I could do that right now. And I said, do you think you could do it in a year? If we got you to the place, is that enough time from your experience to go from a couch to a, you know, to a half marathon is a year long enough. I said, we got to get you healed in six months. Then you start training and we have six months. And I told her I would do it with her. Um, So 
you got to have that coach, you know, you got to have the cheerleader, if you want to call it, that starts the process of that momentum in the right direction. Absolutely. Well, you were talking about your supplements, for instance, and and the placebo effect. And I think for me, for sure, when I prescribe or recommend, it's not really prescription, but I recommend a supplement for somebody, especially, you know, for me, if I can do testing and see where they are and then recommend a supplement, like I'm talking about omegas, you know, we can test before, we can test after, and you definitely see the progress in the increase from an objective perspective. But there's a lot of studies for anything, you know, in the supplements we're talking about, but where subjectively people feel better. So even omegas is talking about mental health and people who, you know, have a lot of depression, anxiety, fatigue, ADHD symptoms, that sort of thing that that taking a supplement actually improves. And I think that when they can trust a product, you know, whether it's coming from a good source like 6am run, or whether it's coming from something that I might recommend to one of my patients, I think even in the beginning, there may be a little bit of a placebo, you know, okay, I'm doing something that is going to help me improve the quality of my life. And just the fact that you're making that step to do something different elevates your mood, you know, it elevates your momentum. So you're already moving in that direction. And and yes, the supplement is going to help boost that. But just taking that first step of having something that you order, you know, hey, I got a new flavor, I'm going to try that. That's just exciting. Mood is uber important. I mean, think I, the way I look at it, and, and the kids today aren't like me, but I, I mean, the one day of, of the year I loved going to school was that first day to show off my new sneakers and yeah. my new book bag, right? <laughs> that was like the day you're like, oh my God. And runners, it's funny. I, uh, runners now, what they do is they they put out their um, their slings and their socks and their sneakers that they're going to wear for an event. They lay that out like on, the, on their bed the night before. You yeah. know what I mean? So what I wanted to, I, I remembered too, what I was just going to ask. What's funny too, and this is a great question for you, and, and I've never talked about this on our podcast or to any of our, our audience and our community. Christmas time for me, for example, and, and I want your take on this. Christmas time, usually from about Halloween till uh, this one I have to, I have shared with our runners, from about Halloween right up until New Year's, sometimes even Valentine's Day, right? And Super Bowl, actually, I should say Super Bowl, Super Bowl Sunday. <laughs> I am I'm still running, I'm still active, but you, you probably know what I'm about to say. I am probably eating the worst I'm eating of the, of the year, right? It's winter. Sure. You're kind of hibernating, right? So you're not also, you're also not outside and active. I put on anywhere between 10 to 15 pounds, not, not usually more than 15, but that's even a lot, right? But I put on some weight. I eat, you know, what I want to eat. The girls bake me cookies or they, you know what I mean? It, it's the holidays and I want yeah. to enjoy the holiday. Now, on top of that, I'm already eating like crap. I know that, but I'm working out at least. So that helps, right? But here's what happens from about Black Friday through New Year's. This is what's crazy. I'm still working out. So I'm still getting up early. You're obviously running around. You're trying to get the gifts. You're trying to get so-and-so shopped for. You're, you're out and about at this Christmas event. It's crazy, but that's like the one month, I would say, from Black Friday to New Year's. It's a little longer than a month, actually. But I'm just so go, go, go. It's like clockwork, Dr. Duffy, that right after New Year's Day, I get a flu or some kind of illness, I'm knocked down. Like, and I know why. I'm sure my, what's the body's like cells that kind of, immune system, your immunity. Oh, why am I drawing a blank on that? I'm <laughs> sure my immunity is at, it, at its lowest, right? And it's funny. I know why, right? I'm getting up and running. That's obviously exerting a lot of energy every day, seven right. days a week working. Work doesn't stop during the holidays. I'm also then out and about trying to get everything done. It's like clockwork. And I know why. A vitamin D is probably low because it's not sunny here in Delaware. It's, sure. it's kind of, I always talk, our winters are very gray. It's just like clockwork. And I've, I've tried to drink more. I try to take vitamin C. Obviously, I take our supplements, but it doesn't, it, it, my body's just run down, right? And I'm not maybe eating my best. And of course, I know vitamin D plays a big factor. This year helped a little bit. I tried to incorporate more vitamin D in my system. What is your thought on that? I mean, is that just something like I've just got to succumb to it because that's my busiest month? I'm just yeah. going to be run down. Is there any recommendations maybe I'm not doing that, I, you know, from the medical field? Well, I'm going to go back to what we've talked about earlier is the gut, you know, and what you what you first said is maybe my diet's not great to begin with. So where where are we starting from? 
And then you add extra stress in there with with the outside stress. And again, you don't want to go hibernate during that time. I mean, those, some of those things are fun, right? It's fun to go buy gifts for people. And it's fun to go to these you know, parties and events and things like that. So you don't necessarily want to stop doing that. But what are some things we can do to help support that foundation? And if one, throughout the rest of the year, you know, you can minimize the stress internally. So look at some of those foods that you might be eating that can be stressful to your system. And so you're barely hanging on. And then we add this extra stress from the outside in addition to extra stress from the inside because our diets aren't good. When you gain more weight, that adds more inflammation, that adds more stress to your system as well. So, you know, the first thing that I would do, I think, yes, continue to try to exercise, get the best rest you can, if you need to supplement, like vitamin D, like you said, is very important. It does go down in the winter because we're not getting the sunshine. But I would look at that diet and say, okay, one, can I get to a better starting place throughout the year? And then two, try to, in moderation for more than a better, you know, yes, we're going to go to those Christmas parties and have those cookies or, or have that fun. But, you know, try to do one of the things we talk about is the 80-20 rule, right? So 80% of the time you're perfect and 20% of the time you aren't. And maybe when you're when you're looking at that, just like we have to plan, like I said, you know, some people, you know, runners particularly may really enjoy that and they hump out, hop out of bed. But like you said, you know, you set the alarm, you get you get it going. You like the benefits that you get from the running, but it's always work a little bit to get started and to get out of bed. And and so the same thing is true for paying attention to your food and what you're eating. The more that you can look ahead and say, okay, what does this week look like? We've got a Christmas party on Thursday night. We got something going on Saturday night. I know those are going to be days that maybe I indulge a little bit more. Maybe on another day, I can minimize some of those indulgence. Maybe I could do a fasting, you know, intermittent fasting is something we can, you know, spend a whole hour talking about as well. But that's one of the ways that we talk about for holidays, particularly is, is getting through the holidays by incorporating some intermittent fasting days in there. You know, I'm not a running expert, so I don't know how that works out for for runners. But I think, you know, the caveman used to sprint to run after their food when they were fasting. You can certainly consider doing some fasting um, during that time frame as well. So I think it's no matter what we're talking about, whether you're trying to incorporate a new habit of exercise and running, it's going to take work. A new habit of trying to do better morning routine, you know, instead of snoozing up until the moment you have to crawl from your bed to the shower you know, let's back up 15 minutes, let's back up 30 minutes until you're waking up that hour before you really need to and getting that meditation or journaling or whatever it is that's your morning routine. You can't be perfect at it right off the bat, but you can certainly start to make some plans and start to create new habits. And those can start way before the holidays. And then once you're in the holidays, it's like, you know, I'm not going to let this happen this year. And what are some things that you can be more conscious of to, to avoid that habit and and not have to gain, you know, I talk to patients all the time, especially when we're coming into that, you know, patients who are first starting with me in October, November, and I say, this is one of the best times to start working with us, because now you have a coach, you have that accountability partner. Now you're going to learn how to do every holiday for the rest of your life, the right way yeah. so that you come out of this, maybe having lost 10 pounds instead of, you know, gaining 10 or 15. And now you know how to do it for every year and still have fun and still enjoy those moments. So, you know, it's just about yeah. putting the work in. Everything's hard work. Yeah, you touch, so two things I want to touch on. I know we're kind of, we're kind of coming into the fourth quarter of this conversation here. So you you touched on a couple of things. One of my buddies, he is a, it's funny, I, we, we were talking about personal training and my buddy actually left the personal training field. He's a physical therapist um, because mm -hmm. he said, look, personal training was great. But I realized a lot of these people had pain and issues. Yeah, you want a six pack ab. Yeah, you want amazing arms and legs and you know, you want a nice butt, but you're not addressing other issues before we get to that. I can see you're in pain when you do ab work, right? Like right. he left physical training and became a physical therapist, right? So one of the things we were discussing was, hey, you know, breath work, for example, he was big on yeah. breath work as as a physical therapist. He was like, What's he's like, the key to life is breathing. What happens if you stop breathing? Like you were talking about it when we first started this this episode yeah. today. You know, you can't breathe while you're sleeping, or you know, it's 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 crazy to think. But you know, breath. Your last thing you do on Earth is is your last breath, 
right? Like once that stops, that's how you know, like, uh, uh-oh, game over kind of thing, yeah. right? So he's big on breath work. We, we touched a little bit on that. I don't know if you want to talk a little bit more of that. My also big thing has been sleep, right? Like I know, and, and, and one of my questions for you, I haven't even brought this up to anyone yet. So as I get older, what's crazy is, and, and I use my six-year-old as an example, I am so jealous of my six-year-old. We put her to bed at nine o'clock. And sometimes on weekends, she falls asleep in our bed on movie night. Mm -hmm. She falls asleep and it's a constant sleep till the morning. I've noticed as I get older, I wake up on the hour, like clockwork almost. Mm -hmm. Like I wake up once an hour. I'm like, why, why, why did I just wake up? Why? I go back to sleep, wake up again. Why am I like, what is it? Let's talk maybe if we missed anything on breathing and let's also maybe on some of the sleeping. It seems like you really have, have, have examined these two issues. And I think that also is a huge health. I guess it correlates with your health and something going yeah, on. Absolutely. Am I, am I wrong? Am I, am, I, am I going off topic? What are your thoughts there? No, that's perfect. And, and actually, I was thinking about this analogy as you were talking initially about the breathing. And then I thought, well, this analogy works for sleep too. So you've heard about um, the terminology sympathetic and parasympathetic. And what that means is your sympathetic is, is that fight or flight response. And visually, I think about that being up high. So, you know, we're up here, we're stressed out, we're getting chased by that tiger, whatever, and we're in sympathetic mode. And mm-hmm. in a natural course, I'm going to go back to caveman, you know, they would have had a fight or flight response if they were being chased by something. But then once they outrun the tiger, because they're still alive, so maybe they found a cave, they hid for a minute, they caught their breath, you know, they're going to come back down into the middle zone. And then when it's time to go to bed at night, we go into parasympathetic, which is rest and digest. Mm. And, and that's where we're absorbing our nutrition. That's where our body's recovering from, you know, whatever ailments and, and stress that we had. And what, what we're finding more and more is that people are living in the heightened fight or flight all the time. And they never really allow themselves to come down into that rest and digest or parasympathetic mode. And this is something you can Google, you know, how to get more parasympathetic. There's a lot of podcasts and and videos and sites about that. So anything that can kind of turn you off. And so one of the things that that deep breathing does, if you pause for a second and think about when you're in that, that fight or flight response, that sympathetic, you're not taking deep breaths. You're breathing really shallow. You know, you're like when you're running, you know, for the most part. It's hard for you to take a really deep breath when you're running, right? Yeah. You might try, and if you get more in better shape, you know, certainly that's going to happen, but but we're not taking big, long, deep breaths. And so the more you can pause and really focus on getting those bigger, deep breaths, that automatically brings you down into that parasympathetic mode, and, and that's going to help, you know, your stress level. That's why meditation and breathing, you know, minimizes stress. Even if you can pause and just take 10 deep breaths when you're in a really stressful situation, that's going to bring you back into that parasympathetic mode. The same then is true for sleeping. You know, I think what happens is that our brain is still in that fight or flight. You know, it's still thinking about what's going on today. Or if there's internal stressors, I'm going to go back to the gut and diet and things like that. It's not allowing us to come into that rest and digest mode. And little kids, you know, they haven't been exposed to that as much yet. So so it's easy for them to flip that switch, you know, and you, especially for a six-year-old, they, they can go and you see it more even younger, you know, two, three, four-year-olds are running around, you know, spinning circles. And the next thing you know, they're laying on the floor asleep. So they can switch back and forth between those modes very easily where, you know, as we get, whether it's as we get older, or we get more exposure to the things that cause us stress that make us live in that sympathetic mode. That's going to affect your sleep. It's going to affect your energy level. Um, all kinds of things. So, you know, trying to practice some of that deeper breathing is going to help you with your sleep as well. You know, when we're waking up throughout the night, there's about a hundred things that can do that. And uh, I could spend another hour on that, but several things is what did you eat or drink before going to bed? So if you have blood sugar fluctuations, that's going to wake you up again, drinking, you know, whether it's water, liquid, wine, whatever it is, that's going to make you wake up and have to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night. So, so trying to pay attention to, again, good sleep habits that, you know, prevent some of those wake up things from happening is good. And, and again, trying to get into that parasympathetic mode, your body's in survival mode. It's in the cave. It's supposed to be sleeping, but yet it's worried that that bear, that tiger is out there and any little noise, any little something that wakes you up and goes, well, is the bear there? 
you know, we have to come out of that mode and minimize that stress. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. I feel like we should have you on one more time. <laughs> sure. I feel like, you know, it, it's it's great to, you know, like I said, this is, I think, and I'm I'm one of them, right? I think runners, what we we just tend to do is like, my wife even is, is a little bit like this. I think as you get older too, you try so much just to be like, oh, it'll be all right. It'll get better. Yeah. When sometimes you need to, you know, address some things, you know what I mean? So I'm with it. And I love how you put it. And and I think too, what I'm like hearing from you is, is that, you know, sometimes it doesn't, I think there's other practitioners out there that there's like extremes and like thousands of dollars of like, whether insurance covers it or not. And I think like you take a more of a step-by-step, you start from like block one, it seems like with your patients, right? And finding you, you seem to really do a great job of finding the root cause. And that's where I like to see people are starting, right? Instead of just, you know, make like, again, going to some trainers and things like that example, just doing a bunch of things just to do them. So I'm, I'm really, you know, what you were talking about was amazing to hear. I hope I asked the right things. Yeah, it was fantastic. For me, you hit on the right things. (laughs) Tell me as we close this out, was there anything I missed that you, a message that just on your behalf, you you think that, you know, needs to get out there. We talked in our pre-call and I I know, I I think we touched on a lot of it, but was there some things that you want to just get out there as we close up and kind of, you know, Dr. Duffy's here closing kind of statement? Yeah. Well, you know, you mentioned the I word, the insurance word. And so, you know, even though this isn't necessarily about health, it is to some degree, And I think that one of the biggest frustrations that I have had over, you know, the years of being in healthcare is this idea that, you know, insurance is there to keep us healthy. And unfortunately, we're living in a broken system from that perspective. So although insurance does have a role, we have, you know, some of the best trauma centers in the world if you need surgery for, you know, something acute, whatnot, you know, I'm not going to get rid of my insurance. I have it for a reason. But, you know, the last thing I'm going to do is pull out that insurance card for how do I get healthy? And unfortunately, that system is just not designed that way. It's designed to take care of people who are sick and more, you know, it's not handling the chronic disease. It's not handling, like I said in the beginning, you know, somebody might come into the doctor and say, you know, I don't know what's wrong. I'm just really tired. And, and the system isn't really set up for that. It's like, what disease do you have and what pill can I write you? And that, you know, unless you do really have some, you know, leukemia or something like that, that showed up, which is fairly rare, you know, that system doesn't know how to take care of fatigue. And it doesn't really know how to take care of GI stuff without, you know, here's a pill for, you know, your heartburn or whatever the case is. So one of my goals is, is educating and, and this kind of platform is fantastic for that is to help people be aware that they really need to be more advocates for their own health. There's a ton of awesome. information out there. So how do we trust that the information is right? You know, hopefully you go to trusted sources. Podcasts are great for that. And so you've got to be your own advocate and just going to your regular doctor, pulling out your insurance card and hoping that they're going to be helping to optimize your health. And it's not their fault. The system is just not set up for that. So you've got to really be motivated to say, I want a different life. This is not acceptable for me to be in my mid forties and have aches and pains and be tired. It's not going to get better unless you do something different. Yeah. I mean, the way I look at it is, you know, you pay, people spend money for instant gratification, right? Like people, you know, me, I'm, I joke, I'm, I'm like a big kid. Sometimes I, I have a PS five, right. Or I want, you know, a, a new pair of basketball shoes for myself. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm an old sneakerhead, Right. But what I say to people is, and even if insurance doesn't cover anything or some of the people I've had conversations with, what happens is if I, if I told you, I'll give you $10,000 right now to do something, you probably would do it. But now if I told you, give me $10,000 and I'll give you, you know, 10 years added on to your life expectancy, right. right? People don't see the bigger picture of, oh, well, this gym membership is $50 a month. You know, and now, nowadays gym memberships are sometimes, I think it's the, some of those places like Retro and I was the one I always see a commercial for Planet Fitness. Like they're even cheaper. They're like a dollar a day if you think about it. Like, yeah. but people don't sometimes want to make the monetary investment. But what I don't think they see is like, yes, it's a monetary investment up front. And same with some healthcare that might not be covered by insurance. Yes, it's a monetary investment. But unfortunately, what if that monetary investment, you know, adds years to your life? 
Yeah. You know, are you willing to take that? You know, that's where you have to say, look, now it's worth it, right? So I'm with you on all that. Well, it's not much different than, you know, I'm not a financial person at all, but what we're supposed to do is invest in our retirement, right? So you're putting money in every day or every month or whatever you want to call it to, you know, to prepare for your retirement later. And I think it's the same kind of idea. You know, you need to be investing in your health now or else you're going to be paying for your sickness later. Yeah. Because even if you have insurance and, and you know, you get sick, the expense of the medications, the time that you take away from your work and your family, missing out on vacations, you know, that kind of stuff is, those are priceless and you can't get them back. No, no. So yeah, that, you know, recognizing that that little bit over time, um, that initial investment to teach you how to live healthier is so valuable. And it, and it is, it's going to add years to your life and, and quality to your life. You know, nobody wants to live 10 years in a nursing home. You know, we want to live a quality of life with our family, with our loved ones, hopefully, you know, being able to perform whatever your life's purpose is and continue to do that. Yeah, no, uh, Dr. Duffy, this was amazing. This was a great one hour. And and like I said, let me let me let me let you end. I know I asked you to end on that, but let me last thing, let me let you end on. I, I have them in front of me and I'm gonna put this in the bio. Thank you for sending me that. Please, how can any of our community uh, listeners, how can they reach you if they have questions? And what I love is in our pre-call, you said, hey, no, no matter where they're located, reach out to me. Yeah. Can you go ahead and, and, and I have them. I'm going to, guys, I'm going to put this in the, whatever you listen to, Apple, Spotify, Google, we're going to put this in the bio. But Dr. Amy, can you, um, and, and I know they're on these sites, your social handles and things, but can you give us these websites that I have that I'm going to put out there? And, and yeah, just- absolutely. So um, my, my personal website is Amy Duffy, A-I-M-E-E Duffy, D-U-F-F-Y-M-D.com. So Amy Duffy, M-D.com. And there are links from that to my practice, which is called Carolina Integrative Medicine. You can also go to carolinaintegrativemedicine.com. Free discovery call for anybody who's interested in finding out whether we're a right fit for you. If this is the approach that you're looking for, we do free you know, 30 minute discovery call, we call it a consult just to get more information about you. So you can, you can schedule that directly um, on our website and or from Facebook. I'm happy to give out email, you know, if there's a question for you. So at that Amy Duffy MD, if you just put DR at Amy Duffy MD for Dr. Amy um, Duffy MD, you can shoot me an email. If you have a question, I would love to be able to point you in the right direction. We don't have a doctor patient relationship yet, so I can't answer your, you know, direct medical questions. You know, what, what drug should I take for this or whatnot? But if it's, how do I find out more information? What are some good sources? You know, is there a doctor like you where I live? I don't know every doctor that's out there, but I certainly know um, how to find them. So happy to help any way I can. No, this was great. And yeah, we'll put everything out there. And I, like I said, I, I probably, I love, you know, as, as some of these episodes are starting to launch and some of the questions. So, you know, maybe in a couple of months we can have you back on. I'd, I'd yeah. love that. Um, and great. also when you're, I think you said you have a book coming out or is already it's out. It's already out. It's on Kindle, ready to go. So it's called Normal Doesn't Have Side Effects. And that's on my website too. Yeah. Awesome. Perfect. Dr. Amy Duffy, thank you so much. And yeah, we'll put everything out there and we look forward everyone out there. I hope this was a, for, I know it was for me. So, and I'm not just saying that this was such an educational hour. So whether you were running or however you were listening to this or driving somewhere, like I said, I, I'm, I'm thankful for your time, Dr. Amy and, and everyone listening. You guys have a great day. Thank you everyone. All right. Till next time. Bye-bye.